Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne. This is Inside Exec, and today we're talking redundancy. We're talking about how you make the decision to accept a redundancy package, what you do and how that feels, and I know we've talked about it before, we've talked about the mental health side of it, we've talked about the going out and finding work side of it, and making it whatever stage of your career you're at, of, particularly for the coming towards the end of perhaps a corporate career how you choose what you where your skills will be best be used if you want to continue working what you do how you tell people all of those sorts of things we have covered before so we'll probably touch again on them briefly because it's some considerable time since we had the first lot of talk about redundancy I think it was probably 2016 so we're now 2023 so <laughs> we're going strong <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's ever any opportunity for us to either of us to be made redundant from this activity, <laughs> but uh, we shall see how we go. So, in terms of redundancy, Deb, if we set the scene for you, not so much a case study, but but we will talk about real life situations broadly. Being offered a redundancy package, you are at a point where financially this is very very attractive in terms of clearing debts that you essentially that's what you're working for to pay off a mortgage to pay off other loans whatever else it is and that this the redundancy package is going to give you um, a lump sum that will take care of those things so that you're going to be financially stable let's say for the next two years so you know there's a, there's a, a finite period of time where that money will last you because you've done all of the, the calculations and out of that time you won't necessarily have any debt hanging over your head so all you'd really be looking for is, is living money and then doing any other things that you decided you wanted to do. So we've got a two-year period of time that is financially stable. And you are, let's say, at an age... I, don't, I really don't think it matters what age no. you are, but um, I know that there are, is concern out there about the older you are, the less likely it is that you can get back into to doing paid uh, corporate style work there's obviously other opportunities for you so how do you make the decision and then what are the benefits and the pitfalls of that two-year period let's say that where you you know you don't you know the back of your mind that little voice is saying you don't have to work mm-hmm. you're all right you're safe you'll mm-hmm. be okay so first of all how do we make the decision there is so many aspects to it. Financial is only one, but while we're on the financial, well, you paid your debts off or you, you, you're not going to be uh, impacted adversely financially for two years. Just remember, the finances have to be more than that because what if you decided to change career direction and you need an in, um, injection of funds? So keep that in mind to keep your options open. The first thing is to say, do I want to go back to work at all? And be absolutely honest yeah. about it. Because yeah. sometimes people think that they don't want to go back to work. Yeah. Because where they are currently, particularly if we're looking at a redundancy situation, maybe the organisation's been winding down, it's been taken over, and there's all yeah. of these other um, conditions that have changed mm. for you. Yeah. And, and it might be that you just don't want to work there anymore. That's one angle. The other angle is... Do you really want to continue to do the work you're doing or is it a comfort zone? Is it that because you're good at it and you've made your name and and, and all of that? Or 
are you ready to give up the, the title and power as well? Because really there's financial, but you said you're fine financially. What about all the other things, the social interaction, key decision maker, or whatever position you were in over a number of years? What are you going to do with that? Also, what are you going to do in your time out? So again, because we, we really think it's age irrelevant, so in that sense, are you going to be mentally strong enough to motivate yourself and continue? So have I decided I want to stay in the same industry, same business? I want to change industries. I want corporate world. I, I don't want the corporate world. Do I want to start my own business? I don't want to start my own business. Do I want to work at all? I don't want to work at all. There's so many bits to it. And in doing all of that, how am I going to have my brains continuously challenged? How am I going to continue? See, initially it might be that I'm glad it's over in a sense and <coughs> it's more a holiday, yeah. okay, but then after that, what? Um, maybe you want to continue to travel forever. Does that decision impact others? Have you got a family? Does it impact them? It doesn't, so you might need to involve others. But the most important thing is to say what discipline, not answers and not a great plan that is already ticked off. I'm not saying that because that limits you and say that I know I want to go from A to B. A lot of people don't and that's, that's okay. It's just that how am I going to continuously check on myself and challenge myself? What tools will I have? What people will I interact to, um, with? Sorry, And how would I think about all those things? Do I write it down? Do I sit and talk to people about it? A combination of all. The most important thing is to keep it open at the beginning so that it allows your mind and the feelings go the way you want, but keep in contact with people often, you know, across the board, you know, family, friends, colleagues, ex-colleagues, colleagues from when you first started work, etc. Look at things that you like doing and what about the hobbies that can be also business as well. What about going and working with other people and then finding out more about exploring. So the exploration side has to be very, very encouraging, uh, sorry, it's exciting, but you also allow yourself to, to feel down at times. Think yeah. Maybe I miss those other things, yes. you know? Yeah. yeah. I think, too, that one of the things that Nick Plummer said to us back in 2016, when he was talking about his own experience, was about the story that you tell other people. Yes. So what, what is the script that you use when people say to you, well, what are you doing now? Yeah. That's really important in terms of how you feel about yourself as well as giving you that that vision or that thing that you're moving towards. Because regardless of, of the decision that we make, we all feel like we should be doing something with purpose. Mm. And we're not robots. Yeah. We're, we're not automatic. We do want to be recognised and noticed and feel like we've contributed and all of those things. So if you're not getting it in one part of your mm. life... You need to find it somewhere else, and you need to yeah. be able to talk about it. You know, how often have we talked to someone, and you'll say to them, "Oh, what are you doing now?" And they say, "Oh, nothing much, just work." Mm. And your reaction to that is, "Oh, the poor thing," or, yeah. you know, or "They're boring," <laughs> or you know, "Well, well, that's a shame." You know, you haven't got a life. It's often yeah. the response, but sometimes that's because they haven't talked to themselves about what they're doing, 
about what their worth is and they've got nothing in their lives other than work for whatever reason. Now, I have just recently joined a book club, which I didn't think I would ever do. I'm a great reader, love reading, as you've probably heard over the years, but I don't like talking about what I'm reading. And I went to the first session because it was the actual first session of the group, so there was no book that you had to have read beforehand. Very uh, different group of people that I would not normally come in contact with. They're all great readers, so we had that in common. We talked about books that we read, um, generally the types of books that we read generally, and of course I was the boring person at the table and said, well, I don't read any new fiction, because I don't, and I prefer biographies, autobiographies, and the classics, and I said, my my mission, as many of you know, and still is, is to read the complete works of Robert Louis Stevenson, and I will report in today that I'm 78% through now, so I'm getting there, and it's it's taken me a couple of years to get that far, but the second meeting, uh, we had a book that we had to read, and I read it, and I thought it was trite, and... Mm. I, the, the premise of it was about revenge and I thought, well, I'm not a, mm. a person who seeks revenge. In a situation where I guess most people would think about revenge, to me it's just close the door, that's gone, I'm not going to look backwards, I'm moving forward. And, you know, that's a, a personal decision that everybody makes and you can't do a blanket statement and say that that's going to be the same for everyone, should be that way, every situation is different and we don't know how we'll react until we're in the situation. But the way that these people talked about reading and about the books and then they went off the topic onto something else and I was at the stage where I was not going to go to the next meeting because I thought I can't sit here and waste two hours of my day listening to them all talk individually and not listen to the next person. And then I sat back and I actually concentrated and listened and thought this is the only opportunity these people get to talk about anything. Mm. A couple of them work part-time, some of them are retired, Mm. and I thought this, uh, you know, I'm being hypercritical, this is their only chance to talk about Mm. something other than work or Mm. what they do in the garden. They deserve to be be heard, Mm. and so it was a bit of a wake-up call for me, and then at the end of it, the person who runs it asked me to recommend the book, so now I have to go next month (laughs) because I've recommended a book that they all read. It was a reminder of what we're talking about now is that if you're going to move away from what you would normally talk about and talk about, then you need to have something else that you're talking about. And everyone's got time for something else Mm. other than work. If you're driving, if you're travelling, we've talked about using your time. So it's not about... you, You should never be in a situation where someone says to you, what are you doing at the moment? You say, I just work. Mm. And the just is as telling as the, the whole of the answer. The other point is is how you measure your productivity is different to in this example of two years exploring or mm. of what's next. There are times that you would feel that, oh my God, I've wasted a month, I've wasted yeah. a week because we are so focused on targets, productivity in the right. work sense, right? It's just the way we look at it and the way we measure it. It's not the same. So don't try and think of it the way you were doing your work before and that. Think about, okay, those two months, what 
did it teach me? What did I discover about myself? Mm. What did I discover about what I like? What did I discover about, you you know, like maybe some people would try going to the gym because they've never done before, whatever, play sport, whatever it is, travel, have a think about that and say, okay, is that something that I can connect with and will do again? Is that something that is going to be a hobby or is that something that might have potential for business if I needed to so try and measure it differently and not just go I didn't do anything I didn't achieve anything I spent a whole month now I can't account for it and and start getting onto that um, wavelength which is not very good and it's also in in that sense about recognizing that if you've slept for a month if all you if you Mm. all you can think of is that oh I just sat around and slept and did nothing Maybe that was your body saying, yeah, this yeah. is what you need to do. Yes. And that, so it's not always thinking with your head, it's yes. listening to your, your body as well yeah. and, and giving yourself time to make the adjustment because it's no different to any other situation where you are suffering grief. You yeah. will suffer grief regardless of the decision you make. So if you, mm-hmm. you decide that you don't want to take the redundancy and so you're going to stay on, there will be a period of grief where you think, well, I could have done this, and there'll be frustration yeah. and anger, all of the stages yeah. that you go through with grief because you've made a decision, you have to live with that, mm-hmm. but there was this other opportunity. So it's, it's grief for the lost opportunity of what might have been. Yeah. If you take the redundancy, there is a different kind of grief because you've left a situation that you've, you've been with for a long time, you've been happy with. And, and even though you've made the decision and you're looking forward to not doing that anymore, there's an element of regret and grief over the loss of the social side of work, the routine side of work, so the, you know, the travel, the going in, the targets and the, the goals and the things that you have worked towards all of those years. There's grief for lost, lost time, in inverted commas, in terms of time is marching on and your, your career is changing and so you've got to start again and you've mm. been through all of that before. It's a bit like when people have a second child 15 mm. years after they've had the first one. I just mm. I can't fathom it. It is recognising that there will be grief and mm. there will be stages of grief yeah. in that situation. And if you're not conversant with the stages of grief, mm. then I would recommend Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and her writings because it's very clear she's very considerate in her views and her opinions and it does give you um, some reassurance that what you're going mm. through is normal yeah. and that there's it's not a linear progression and there's not a certain time frame for each of the stages that they will mix and match and come back and, yeah. and move forward. If you're in that situation, that we the example of financial, okay, but now um, you took a redundancy, you're very fortunate and I think it's a really good good place to say to yourself, guess what, I can explore, I can explore, I don't have to go left right because I have to, um, I'm going to explore and guess what, one of the things that you may have not experienced before if you've been in employment for a long time and then redundancy is the fact that you can try things and then didn't like and try again. Yeah, try something else. And, yeah. and it's absolutely okay. I'm not talking about picking up a job for two months. That might be a consultancy job. Yes, you can. But, you know, like think about those things. The, the things that you might try and then think, you know what, everything I looked at looks like 
oh yeah, I think I want to be a librarian, okay? And then you go and do it and you think, oh, I've done it for six months, I'll do it for another six, but I really like something else now. That's okay too. I mean, gone are the days that people will I judge you and you judge yourself. It's, it's okay because you're not letting anyone down. Mm-hmm. You're doing an honest day's work or you're doing sports or you're doing something that you worked for all your life and, and you funded yourself. So it's all good. Don't beat yourself up. Experiment and enjoy. <laughs> and make the decision. Yeah. Yes, you've been offered a redundancy. The way to make a decision is all about you and what you want to do forward or yeah. or treading water and once you've made the decision recognize that there will be some reaction to it that you'll have personally but live with that deal with that and yeah. don't write to us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll put the disclaimer in now <laughs> no, I'm sure that we will yeah. be happy to help you either way just to give you a yeah. framework for the, how you can make a decision mm-hmm. but we thought it was an important topic to revisit because we know that that it is a hard decision to make and it, often it's one that you just go around in circles with so hopefully we've given you a few more things to put into the circle of decisions and you're very welcome to share your experience with our listeners as well thank you for that we will finish up there i'm kim bailey she's fuliana osborne this is inside exec